So you're a huge fan of Atlanta United. And you want Dave to give you the latest insights to our tactics. Pineda, five in the back, are you kidding me? Or maybe you can't effing believe we signed Don Dwyer and you want to hear Mikey Dobbs rant about it. Well, you've come to the right place. I'm David Katz. And I'm Mike Dobbs. And this is the the ATL on Fire podcast. Holy crap, Dave. We are back for season four of ATL on Fire. Can you Season four? Are you kidding me? I I am not kidding you. I, Surely it hasn't been that long. This is the 39th <laughs> episode. I think um, we're about to hit 5,000 downloads, uh, 2,000 views on YouTube, having just launched a YouTube channel. So with zero expectations, we're starting to get, get in our rhythm here. I have to thank the people who listen. Listeners, it's for you, dear podcast listeners. It is. And we appreciate you listening to our nonsense, and we're going to keep it going here in season four. I think it's going to be our best podcast season yet um, because we're going to talk about it all, right? What do we know about Mikey Dobbs? <laughs> we know a little bit about MLS. Yep. Um, a lot about Atlanta United. And, uh, you know, we're still, and a lot about soccer in general, a lot about soccer, but, um, but we're going to talk about it all. Are we going to talk <laughs> international soccer? Maybe some EPL? Yep, sure. Yeah. Uh, us men's national team. Yep. Women's national team. And don't forget wine and wine. What, and speaking of wine, what do we, what do we have here? We have a, uh, Chateau St. Michel. It was the founding winery in Washington state. Ooh. Um, and they have, it's a huge winery. This is their slightly higher, um, <clears throat> slightly higher wine. It's the Indian Wells label, and it's a Cabernet. Delicious. It's really nice. Well, thank you for bringing that. You're welcome. Um, in the kickoff season four, I was silly enough to do a um, an e-gift card giveaway to the MLS store to have one of our followers on Twitter and hopefully a subscriber to the show. Giveaways, Mikey Dobbs, Giveaways. on the podcast. That's how far I've fallen to scrape. I like it. Scrape for some, <laughs> some followers and some, some subscribers. Tell a friend. We've got a winner. Um, we have a winner already? We already have a winner. Nice. And Who uh, is it? Who do we I'll, have? I'll be emailing, I believe it's a, it's a woman, Eliana. Congratulations. $150 e-gift card to MLS store. Hopefully you can uh, maybe sport one of those new, was it a forest mint green? Authentic, yeah, the new mint jerseys. green. I like it. Yeah. Congratulations, Eliana. Absolutely. Now now I can't afford to buy my wife that jersey. I think, <laughs> I think she said she was going to uh, okay. maybe get one this That's season. Fair. She's going to have to hold off now. Man, <laughs> I'm in trouble. So, uh, you know, what, what are we going to talk about here? What, what are we jumping into? Well, this is the, uh, the season preview. It right, is. so we're going to talk about the new players. So coming into the the new season, into into the trade window, into releasing players almost immediately after our loss with NYFC. Um, yeah, so tell us a little bit who's gone. So I think you know one of the the fan favorites. I think people liked Anton Walks, but he was one of the folks we didn't protect. Kind of immediately coming out of the the window, and so right. the expansion team Charlotte. Snagged him up, I believe, correct? Yeah, we were only allowed to protect 12 players. And sorry, Anton Walks, not one of the top 12, apparently. Yeah, and the the other um, obvious 
tough loss. Are you are you sad about that or? I'm not. Too, I mean, I, I I am a little bit. I liked Anton Walks. I thought he was a good um, plug player. I didn't ever want to see him as a consistent starter, but I was um, happy to see him come on when we needed him. Well, you know, I think that this might have saved a little bit Pineda's blushes, right? Because I think it was a little over enamored with um, with Walks. And um, to be honest. Um, I, not only do we have three amazing center backs, right, and Alan Franco and Robinson, but George Campbell, I think, is a better player. I agree. I mean, I think he can develop into be a better player. I think for sure. Anton Walks had more experience. He had his flaws, but I agree. I think Campbell could develop into the next Miles Robinson Robinson style player. Yep. And obviously, George Bello, um, we lost him to a Bundesliga team. Yeah. What's it? Arminia. Something. Safe travels, Bello. Arminia, what's this? It starts with B. I forget the name of the, the team. <laughs> They're a lower level Bundesliga team, yeah. but it's still the Bundesliga, right? Yeah. I mean, so, you know, good on him. I think it's a good move for him. I think, you know, he needed to make a move to Europe to develop. Um, for sure. And uh, the Bundesliga is proven as a good proving grounds there. Uh, evidently he got some minutes. Um, yeah, he's been playing. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. He's, he's playing. Um, the other kind of sad loss I would say is, uh, Alec Khan who went to, uh, FC Cincinnati, I believe. Right? Alec Khan of Lakeside high school, local, local boy. Yes. Yeah. Gone to, uh, Cincinnati. Sad for us, but you know, he's going to be a starter in the MLS. So good on him. Absolutely. And, and he, to be honest, he's deserved that. Yeah. And, right? and Cincinnati evidently desperately needed a goalkeeper. Yeah. Their goalkeeping was shambolic. Yeah, so <laughs> good on him. So he walks, I mean, he walks in and does not like he just signed on for a second spot where he's competing or whatever. He's walking into the top spot. So good yeah. for him. And obviously the, the, the big headline was uh, Ezekiel Barco on loan to River Plate. He got on his own ship, so to speak. He did. Barco. So, yeah. Did, did you see Darren Eels uh, swap with uh, trading a, sh- a ship for uh, an armada? Did you see his little teaser on that? Yeah, he does these. No, goofy, I didn't see that. He does these goofy little clever. Twitter yeah. things that are, you know, guess guess what's happening. But uh, so we shipped Barco. And we landed Armada. Armada. Sorry. <laughs> well, no, you got it. That's the joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, uh, the other kind of uh, situation was Jurgen Dom and his salary. And what did we do? Just re- released him and we're paying his salary or it took, let him off the roster? What, what happened? I there? think technically he's still on our team for now right. and their deadline i don't it's coming up any day now it's like in the next week and if they can't get anybody to pay his salary which looks unlikely then they're just going to release him right and just he gets paid yeah i mean this is what everybody says it's possible that they turn around and say it's too expensive to release him and they keep him mm. but um Pineda has said that he's out so you yeah. know uh, uh, that would be a tough sell to get him back i would imagine uh, a few other mentions are uh, Kubo Torres. Obviously, I'm not crying over that. Uh, <laughs> what? Are you sure? <laughs> uh, recently, we uh, uh, let Eric Lopez go on loan to Club Atletico Benfield, I think is the name of it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Where, where is that club? Uh, isn't it Mexico? I think so, I'm yeah. I'm not sure. Um, and I think this happened in 2021, but Mo Adams is no longer with us. So. Oh, no. Ban- Banfield's Argentina. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I'm yeah, not you, sure. may, you may be I'm right. not sure. I'm not either. So Wait, go ahead. So those are some of the notable outs. Am I missing any other players that... Uh, are you missing any other players? Uh, I don't um, think so. You got the big ones, um, for sure. I mean, you know, one thing that we didn't talk about, but um, technically, um, 
uh, Escobar was still our player because he was only on loan. Yeah. But now he's right. actually gone, and he was um, in Argentina, right? But then now he's gone to LAFC. Right. I saw that. Right. So um, he's back in the MLS. I had that in my notes, but I figured it was just kind of in the past, so didn't bring that up. <laughs> but good point. Okay. Um, how about the ins, Dave? We, we've obviously got the uh, Armada. Or Tiago. And did you mention? I'm not sure. Maybe I missed it when you said it. But but Barco's only on loan, right? Correct. So that actually technically means down the road, you know, he could show up, come back. Uh, that but, is true. I mean, I know he's on loan with an option to buy, right? So that if he plays really well, they can just sign him, and we don't have a choice. That's correct. But, yeah. But you're right. Uh, you know, at some point, he could end up back with the five stripes jersey on. Sure. Um, but in his stead, we uh, have the biggest MLS signing to date, $16 million for the third time, transfer you mean? for the third time <laughs> from a club in Argentina, Velez, Tiago Almada. Uh, most fans probably have read about uh, him and um, some of the headlines that, that weren't in his favor as he, he made his way over. Um, he's currently trying to get his visa in place, so hopefully we could see him this weekend, but doesn't feel likely. Yeah, just to clarify, I know out there there's been a lot of gossip and rumors and whatever. He was um, a person of interest in a um, in a, a sadly in a, in a sexual assault. But um, as far as I can tell from all the readings, um, he wasn't actually involved or whatever. He may have been a witness to a group of people, and he might have had knowledge of the person. But they arrested the person um, who actually was the one who committed the crime, um, who's now in jail. He was never interviewed. He was never uh, prosecuted. He was never but, charged or yeah. interviewed. But, yeah, it was evidently one of the assistant coaches of Villas. Right, that exactly. was on the run for several months. So they thought a number of players were named as person of interest because they had knowledge of what he was doing or his yeah. whereabouts or whatever. Um, but, you know, good on Atlanta United for doing – um, their due diligence, and and that's what held up. Uh, if you remember the podcast last year, we talked about it a lot for a whole year. It was rumored and was coming, it was coming, not coming, whatever. But that's what the due diligence was about. They were making sure there was no skeletons in that closet. Yeah, and you know that, that that's the ultimate thing. You know, he wasn't ever charged or even interviewed, and they waited that out um, right. before they they made the signing, even though they had the rights to sign him, kind of squared away. So let's talk about him as a player. As a player, uh, you know, I think if you, you know, any of these players from Argentina, the best I can do is go look at some YouTube clips. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this guy is the youngest player that we've brought over that has experience, right? So he has, you know, a good year and a half more and a lot more minutes of actual professional playing time than Ezequiel right. Barco had coming over. Uh, obviously younger than a PT Martinez. Um, so he's got a lot more upside. Um, this is, is a, he 20 now? I think he's just 20 yes okay. and you know some of my concerns are he you know his kind of voice that he doesn't want to be in the mls he already wants to be in europe um, <laughs> by by all accounts he would probably already be there if we weren't in this weird pandemic um is is kind of my hunch and and also if he hadn't have um got tied up in this uh situation yeah, with the, with the uh the the case that was going on in, in argentina so you know, I think it's a multitude of things, but this kid's a real talent, obviously. Yeah, I mean, um, he has 25 or 27 goals in the top division in Argentina yeah. um, and a, num- a number of assists. Um, he was one of the stars on their under-20 
three team that played in the Olympics with Barco. Um, And he has one, maybe two full international call-ups, right? And which he was called up to the full Argentinian national team um, at 18, right? Or 19. So, um, you know, that's a lot of weight on his young (laughs) shoulders, but um, those are serious credentials, right? Yeah. And I didn't, um, pay attention to him during the Argentinian under 23 um, game or was that was that in the World Cup or no was no in the Olympics in the Olympics sorry yeah with Barco yeah the we Olympics. watched a couple of those games and I wish I could you know go back and remember but I, I yeah. don't have them recorded or anything um, <clears throat> so yeah he should be really good in transition isn't like a huge goal scorer but goal scorer but that's an area that hopefully he develops um a a little bit more of his finishing product i mean that comes with experience yeah some of the breakdown people were talking about he scored and assisted mostly in transition moments um so you know i don't think we should be expecting him to you know break down defenders and dribble by three or four people and create or whatever but you know to be honest with you outside of Messi, who is doing that yeah right and um you know um, Miggy Almarone, who was, you know, arguably the best player ever to wear an Atlanta United jersey, you know, most of his moments came in transition. So, yeah. um, you know, if he can even come close to those heights, we would be ecstatic. So we also got another defensive midfielder uh, from Minnesota, correct? Correct. Osvaldo Alonso, is it, am I pronouncing that correct? Osvaldo Alonso, correct, okay. yeah. And he actually, he was a teammate of Pineda's, right, oh, really? at Seattle, right? So Pineda was, um, you know, finishing up his career, and Osvaldo was sort of in the middle of his career. Um, they were actually played together for a season or two at, in Seattle. Um, you know, he's he's quite old. I think he's uh, 36. Yeah. Um, He's a vet, so yeah, what, what, what do you expect from him as, as far as minutes or anything? You know, like when we, in a perfect world, he's our, you know, um, B-side, you know, defensive center midfield. So giving Sosa occasional break, um, you know, when we've played a big game and we're playing a weaker team after that, you know. Um, you, but, don't, you don't think that that's going to be more of like a Amar Sadiq or – uh, Hyman type of thing when Sosa is not available or you see them more in front of Sosa? I see them more in front of Sosa. So I see, um, you know, I see Osvaldo as the, the Sosa alternative and I see um, Heinemann, um or even a Sadich competing against Jose to, um for the other center midfield spot. Yeah. Um, the other interesting signing with George Bello having got, been gone uh, to the Bundesliga is uh, it was a Andrew Gutman. Yeah, Gutman was so Gutman two years ago was with Cincinnati, and then then we signed him, and then we loaned him out to New York, um, and he was terrific. I mean, he was really one of the best left backs in all of MLS. So he's coming here with a couple of years of MLS experience as a real top player already. He should have zero problem slotting into the MLS. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how he plays. Um, yeah. I, to be honest with you, I'm expecting him to be. A slight step up from Bello, only in that. So Bello is such an exciting talent. You say, all right, well, Bello's the left back sometimes for the U.S. national team, and that's true. But that's a a wing back flying up role, right? Um, and he clearly, I don't expect Gutman to be that dynamic going forward. But I, I th- suspect that Gutman is going to be a better defender. Yeah, I almost feel like um, you know going back to who is our MLS champ left back. Um, 
I'm glad to have Oh, Garza. Garza. Like, you know, again, yeah, somebody who's comfortable sitting back and playing defense, um, but isn't afraid to overlap a, you know, a Moreno or whoever's up a little further up the field. I think you can be. expect him to be every bit as good as Garza was. Yeah. Yeah. So I, if, if that's the case, I'm, I'm excited. He stays at home base when he sees the green in front of him, take the space. So, and in preseason, honestly, his um, his deliveries were absolutely terrific. You know, um, not as dynamic um, taking on players and getting in the box. Probably won't score like Bello could, um, although Bello sometimes missed easy chances. Um, but from this flat-out standpoint of being wide and serving in a ball, I think it might even be better than Bello. And on the other side, we've got a player who we had on loan, and we've now made a permanent offer to, which is Ronald Hernandez, uh, Joseph Martinez, countryman from Venezuela. Right. I don't know how long the contract was for, but I'm really happy we actually signed him. I think he is, as, as you and I have discussed, actually, you know, a better right back than Lennon, and uh, hopefully, kind of our defensive-minded person on that side of the field. Yeah, um, you know, I think there's some controversy, you know, about Brooks Lennon being the guy, the starter guy. I mean, I think you and I have been on the Hernandez bandwagon as much as possible. Obviously, we haven't seen him play that much. But when he has played, I thought he was terrific. I thought, again, he was better defensively. And to be honest, just as effective going forward. So he doesn't have maybe the service that um, Lennon has, but he has just as much pace. Um, he... I, I, to be honest with you, thought he was almost as good an attacking player and a way better yeah. defender. And he's he's a bit younger than Lennon. Am I wrong on that? Um, they're similar. I think Lennon is a little bit older, but they're both mm. right in their prime or okay. going into their prime. Yeah. We also have, I think, our backup keeper in Bobby Shuttleworth. Is that how you pronounce it? <laughs> I have no idea. MLS vet. I don't know. Is that our guy? What What happened to the Rios kid? Um, I think he's still like 18. Okay. Well, <laughs> he hasn't come here. So yet. yeah, we don't. So this is like our our guy. If if Guzan gets hurt, I'm assuming. In fairness, like Rios is still like he's only like five ten or something. I know, like I, people are like, oh, he was great at whatever. I'm like, I'm not sure you're an MLS goalkeeper. We at saw that height. we saw him in one game. Yeah, well, know, so. we were. He was amazing, like flying kick save yeah. running up the field. But maybe a better sweeper than the yeah. <laughs> goalkeeper. <laughs> Um, also, we have uh, Efrain Morales. Uh, he's a homegrown. Right. 17 years old. I, I know his name has been kind of flying around. Another homegrown is Caleb Wiley. Yeah, Caleb Wiley. Caleb Wiley. Yeah, okay. he's, the, he's clearly the backup left back. Well, we have two backup left backs. Um, so Caleb Wiley is the more true left back backup. But um, the other one whose potential is Mulraney is still on the squad. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you know, in our intro, we, we joke about it, but um, we've got another forward vet that I'm hoping is going to be our third or fourth deep behind uh, even Conway. Uh, but we signed Dom Dwyer, uh, a, a player from our rival down there in Orlando. All right, let's hear it. Well, <laughs> what do you think about Dom Dwyer, Mikey just, Dobbs? It's the definition of insanity. Uh, we, we've gone through... <laughs> So many players that are a backup to Joseph Martinez that just don't have uh, any resume of scoring um, in recent history. Adam John, 
Uh, well, now, Kubo in fairness, Torres. Adam Jean n- never had a <laughs> history of scoring. <laughs> Kubo Torres did at one point, and Dom yeah, Dwyer I, did at one no, point, of, for sure. But all of these players was long ago, and Dom Dwyer is also one of them. He hasn't scored a goal in the MLS since 2019, so almost like two and a half years. Sure. he has. How do you sign a guy that hasn't scored a goal in two and a half years? In fairness, he did play for Orlando. <laughs> hasn't scored in two and a half years. Why would you bring him on? He's 31 years old. He's not, is he getting better? Um, no, Am I but missing um, something? Why, 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 why? I actually disagree with you. Um, I think he could be an inspired signing. It depends, right? So, so if Dom Dwyer is the starter when Martinez is not available, then we're in big trouble, right? You know, yeah. you saw that. I mean, you know, when Kubo Torres was going to start or whatever and Kubo Torres with the injury, he just had totally lost a step and was terrible. Yeah. Don Dwyer is a little older, but he hasn't lost necessarily a step that way. He's still a very physical player, uh, and I think he can still finish. And so if he were to accept a role of playing five or ten minutes, coming on late, where he can hold the ball up, which he's really good at, or maybe make a late run into the box and score a goal, I bet he can score still. Hey, look, I'm an, I'm a Dom Dwyer fan now. I mean, <laughs> I have to be. I am just extremely skeptical. Look, I mean, I'm usually the one saying, look, you know, the stats are the stats. And if he hasn't scored in three years, he's never going to score again. But, you know, you watch Dom Dwyer and you don't see that in his game. He looks yeah. like a guy who could score again. Okay, well, hey, let's 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 see how the I'm tape not rolls. sure he's finished. I mean, I think... You know, he clearly lost his mojo a little bit, Orlando, when yeah. he was no longer sort of the starter or whatever. Um, my hope is that he's coming here hungry. And my hope is that he's not coming here well, to be the the backup. He's certainly going to be surrounded by a bunch of superstars. So if he can't get one <laughs> in that situation, God help him. All right. But that being said, right, so you say he's not a, he's not a starter. He shouldn't be going 90 minutes. Should, Definitely not. Should Jackson Conway be going 90 minutes? Uh, you know, if if Martinez couldn't start, I'd rather see Jackson Conway yeah. starting and Don Dwyer still okay. coming off the bench. Which leads us to a potential next signing, which yes. I think we just freed up an international slot, or we sold an international slot. Why do to you think that for Sosa's in Argentina, right? So yeah. there's international slots, which God only knows. I don't understand it, but Mikey Dobbs might, and you might be able to explain it to the dear podcast listeners. But I think that this is it, right? That um, that the re- so. Um, Ibarra and Sosa are back in South America and they're getting all their paperwork in order so that they can come here and be and get green cards or something. Yeah. And the idea is that they no longer would be an international. And why would you do that? And especially why would you do that at this moment, you know, a week before the season they bail, yeah. right? Well, they have a reputation of doing this every year now is trying to get all these Argentinian guys, as many of them as they can, yeah a green card before the season starts or right when the season starts. But usually it's because they just sign them and they're trying to do that. But these are guys who they've had on the roster for a long time, right? And they're sending them back. And the only reason I can think of is they're doing that so that they can sign one more. Yeah, and so that person is what? Luis Martinez Dupai? Is that how you pronounce it? I think so. Um, And what club? He's He's from an Argentinian club, but don't recall the name off the top Not of my sure. head. Um, but I he, don't know much about him. I thought you maybe tell us a little no, about he's, him. No, he's a striker. He's 20 years old. Um, I looked at some of the stats. You know, he's got a handful of goals each this last season. So I think he's 
put up like ten goals. So yeah, not tons of goals, but not maybe tons like of goals, eight, but eight, yeah. But he's he's young. Four. He's twenty, yeah. right? Yep. And so if you look at any curve yep. of a player coming up as a striker, if you've got eight or ten goals, yeah, at that kind of beginning part of your season, this is the guy we want to take the ninety minutes when Joseph Martinez is not available. Hopefully we'll Seems hear. Like hopefully we'll hear some news here. It sounds like we've put in like our last offer. It sounds like the you know it's the standard negotiation of whatever. I hope the fax machine doesn't to, jam, so ex- to speak. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, I agree with you, and I think that guy, if he's willing to come, you know, I mean, pour on Jackson Conway because of course he's clearly going to be the guy, the second guy. Um, yeah. So that's it in terms of uh, probably the last in or signing right that we'll probably make before the season starts right so then we need to say what's your favorite starting lineup and maybe formation or i could talk about it but um and what do you think the starting lineup is going to be on sunday um considering all the problems and maybe we should run through that well let's do that in a minute okay let's first just talk about your expectations for atlanta united this season so just big picture what do you think success looks like for Atlanta United in 2022? What what would make Dave happy? Like a couple scenarios. I think success has got to be defined with this team. I mean, um, I think now we're the most expensive team in all of MLS. Mm-hmm. Um, not just expensive because in the past we've had expensive players who haven't looked great. Um, we obviously know nothing about Almada until he really plays for us. We won't know whether he's really good. Uh, but we know Moreno's for real. We know that Araujo is for real, for real. Um, Consistently? Yeah. To me, Araujo, you know, you got to give somebody six months to settle. He had that in the second half of the season. He came flying out of the gates, tired a little bit, and then was coming back into form at the end of the year. And I think you got to expect him to be phenomenal from the day one. Um, even without any of the other players playing well, I think he could carry this team. Yeah. Um, and in preseason, he's looked, uh, you know, on another on another level. So you don't have too many expectations for Almada at this point. Got to have a little bit, right? <sighs> Come on. Most expensive signing in MLS history. You know, I think, so this is three in a row, right? So we went with Barco, um, PT, and now Almada, right? Um, all three, the most expensive signing in MLS history, one, two, three, keep going up the ladder. Um, you know, uh, PD was a little more established and older, but um, two hot shot young players and one was, you know, supposed to be the best player in South America. Um, have they worked out? Um, I don't think they've been busts. Um, I think Barco is better than PT in that, but Barco had a little more time, but you know, Barco PT first season, both of them struggled a bit to acclimate here. So the track record, although a very small sample size would say that you shouldn't expect Almada to settle here immediately. Now he's supposed to be a higher ceiling. He's like more people have a higher, you know, thing on him, but you know, I don't know. So what about the King? What do you think about number seven this year? Um, to me, I think... What's you he got to do to make you happy? 20 goals? 15 going to make you happy? 
I think he's going to score 20 goals. No, absolutely no doubt about it. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming he stays healthy. I think you're right. I think he's, Um, he was at like 65%. He looked like he was getting better and better, but still wasn't there. And I think one good strong off season and you got to expect, uh, he showed us to me the moments that he still had it. Like some players, they do the ACL and they never return to that player. That didn't look like it. He looked like he he was going to return to that player. Um, it just takes a little bit of time. And Heinemann's going to kind of be in the same boat this year, right? Coming back from an ACL surgery himself, best we could expect for him to be like 70%, right? So the good news there is Josetu, as much as he's a ticky-tacky player, seemed to gel well with the front. So Heinemann is a lot, he's had a lot longer to rehab. Um, Martinez, it was the funny thing because it was shortened season because of all the COVID craziness. Um, so he should be further along. He has a chance to get closer to his normal self. Um, and he also, as a player, is not really relying on his explosiveness the way Martinez is. So, um, yeah, I think you can expect Hyman to be better, whatever. I mean, the, the exciting part about it is towards the end of the season, in my opinion, Josetu showed us that I don't think we need Hyman. I think he's a better Hyman. Yeah, I well, I don't know. When before Hyman got injured, he was progressing fast. I thought so. Mm-hmm. It was I was really I felt bad for him as a a player to have that type of injury when I just felt like he was making leaps and bounds in terms of his progress at that time because we were talking about it on the podcast and we weren't mentioning his name a lot in a negative way mm-hmm. during the podcast, which yeah. usually means he's <laughs> secretly playing really well, and I think he was. So, yeah, um, yeah. Um, all right. So I want to go back to the to answer your question, though. You know, what is what does success look like to me? Success looks like challenging all year for the supporter shield. Do I expect us to be number one? No, um, but I expect with you know five six games left to go in the season that we be in one of the top three or four spots and in contention, or maybe even I. You know, would it be okay if we were? You know, there, let's say one team runs away with it um, and we're in contention, strong contention yeah. for second place. That might be okay. But I expect us to be contending all season at the top of the table. Do you want me to pull up the MLS power rankings and, and see where we are? We're ranked eighth, I think. Sure. Um, let's take a peek here. <laughs> I mean, I know in the East, uh, most people have the favorites as being um, New York City FC again. They return everybody, including right. um, Castellanos, um, who's gone, but not yet. <laughs> he's signed, right? But uh, um, they loaned him back for the whole season. He's not actually leaving till the summer. Okay. So yeah, you're right. New York was number one in the power rankings. Or is he? Is he leaving summer? Uh, anyway, he's not. He's going to be there for the, at least the first half of the season. Maybe he's leaving in the middle of the season, which would be a tragedy for them. But anyway, at the beginning of the season, anyway, he's going to be there. Um, and obviously in the East, the other thing is um, New England, who ran away with it last year. I mean, Bruce Arena signed every one of his old aging U.S. national team stars, right? Uh, Omar Gonzalez and Altador and um, Leggett. Yeah. Right, I mean, talk about the the washed up U.S. national yeah. team, but he apparently still thinks they got it, and I wouldn't doubt it. You know, that guy can coach, yeah. right? So. so yeah, they got New England number three, and and of course Seattle Sounders at number two. So and they're all done. Drop rolled down, brothers. Are they're they both, both on there? Both now. on there now. Okay, because uh-huh. it was just one before, yeah. right? All right. All right. All right. And then yeah, coming in at number four, they've got uh, the Union Philadelphia. Yeah. 
And they lost their star, the the Polish striker up front. Oh, did they really? Well, he went to Chicago. Ah. They signed he Chicago made him the the highest transfer ever. Um, in MLS history. Well, Chicago also had that big signing. Uh, what's his name? Yes. Um, um, Shakiri. Shakiri. Who's Swiss. Is he 30 years old? He's like a white supremacist. <laughs> he's terrible. He? Yeah. No, um, but he's that. also, I think, washed up, yeah. <laughs> in my yeah. opinion. He's still, you know, international and whatever. But, um, yeah. I mean, I, I, sh- you know, Chicago... You know, the whole MLS is really looking to Latin America and South America. Um, and Chicago keeps listening, looking to Eastern Europe yeah. all the time. And one of the teams is thriving, or many of the teams are thriving, and one is not, right? And so maybe you would think they would change their strategy. So this is the one that has me a little worked up, yeah. is our uh, Northtown rival Nashville is ranked in the power rankings above Atlanta United. Are you buying that? They finished above us last year, but they can't score. And you got to expect... I think that was a fluke last year. So I don't expect them to to really tank, because whenever you have that good a defense, um, and Walker Zimmerman is legit, yeah. um, whenever your defense is that good, you're staying in games. And so do I expect them to be a playoff team? Absolutely. Um, do I expect people will have figured out and caught up to them a little bit because they can't score? Yes. Yeah. Colorado Rapids coming in at number six. You know much about them? I know nothing about Colorado Rapids. Yeah, I don't know that much. I'm a little bit surprised by that. Portland Timbers at number seven. I think that's a fair. They're always in the mix like Seattle. Yeah, they, they re-signed Blanco, and, and they're looking like, you know, they brought a bunch of the players back. Yeah. And Atlanta United coming in at number eight. Again, we are stacked with talent that we just talked about. We got Joseph Martinez up front. We've got Araujo from the Champions League, Lille. Araujo could... I mean, he could be the best player in the MLS this year. We've I mean, got he's legit. Moreno and Almada. although maybe we I mean, get to it, but uh, I still don't understand one iota why he's an inverted winger. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then behind us is LAFC, which I think they should be in Nashville slot personally or somewhere. And now they feature our own Escobar. And I think this is a good uh, number ten here, who we're playing on Sunday. Yeah, Kansas City. Kansas City, I mean, you know, Vermes, the coach, has been doing it for years, and they just keep being good. Um, so, it, you know, it's a worry, right? You know, people are like, this is a phenomenal season, and maybe this is a good segue into who's not available on Sunday. But um, with who's not available and a strong Kansas City team who knows who they are, has everybody coming back, and is all set – um, we're in trouble on Sunday. Yeah, we are. And, and you and I talked about it before the podcast. Like, let's go from the back to the front. Who's available? They, yeah. Who, or well, who might be available? So we know that Alan Franco is not available. He got red carded stupidly in the last five, ten minutes of the New York City FC playoff game for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, just lost his head. So he's he's out. Now, obviously, George Campbell fits right in there. Um, and Miles Robinson will be sitting next to him. So... Um, Gutman is available on the left. Um, is very unclear whether Brooks Lennon is available or not. Um, he hasn't played basically in the preseason. Um, but even if he's not, Ronald Hernandez is. Yeah. So backline goalkeeping, pretty good. Pretty good. Although you'd be happier probably with Alan Franco, who was great down the stretch. Um, you know, George Campbell opening day. Is it too much to ask for a young guy like that? Who knows? Yeah. 
So in front of them, we don't have Sosa, right? He's he's <laughs> yes. getting his green card. Yeah, he's in Argentina and is not expected back, right? Um, so no. So who's who's slotting in? I mean, I would assume that we're going to see the Osvaldo uh, Alonso, okay, right in his debut. I imagine that he's going to be starting. And to be fair, you know, if you're going to have a guy who has to slot in for Alonso uh, for Sosa on opening day. This is a huge MLS veteran. He's been doing it for years. He's old. He's 36, but, you know, opening day, he's got to be fresh, yeah. right? So, you know. So that's your bet, not Amer Sadiq? No. Sadiq? No. No. Not, not Hyman? No. Okay. Because <laughs> Hyman also has a little bit of that defensive pedigree, right? Uh, yeah, he can do some defensively. But he's coming off an ACL. So you, I agree it's going to be the vet. Yeah. All right. So now, what? Who do we have in front there? We got uh, Hosetu. Hosetu well, is almost guaranteed to start for sure. He started everything in the preseason. He settled really well. He was great down the stretch, and you got to imagine he's the starter. I'm with you um, for sure. He's the starter if everybody is healthy, yeah. probably. Now we talked about it earlier. Um, Almada's up <laughs> in up in the air. We don't know if he's got a visa or not. But at this point, it feels pretty unlikely he's going to be starting. I heard that the rumors is that he's going to make it and that Almada is available. Now, whether he's going to start or not, I don't know. But he did start in the preseason games. Yeah. Um, and do if it goes st- through. Do you start him, though? Who else are you going to start? I don't know. Like, I mean, yeah, he's a superstar. Um, shouldn't be afraid of the spotlight. Because the other thing is I don't think Moreno is available. So if Moreno is available, then you say, well, for sure, you know, Moreno starts, you know, no matter what. Uh, but I don't, he hasn't played basically at all. Now, maybe they've okay. been really, they may have been being really careful with him. I mean, he did travel to Mexico. He's been with the team. I believe he's been training at some level. So they may just have been being really, really careful of him and he's this ready to Moreno, go. Right? Yeah. It, didn't he have turf toe at the end of last season? Yeah. Like really bad? I don't, you I know, don't. it's, we're just going to start where we left off last season. They won't tell us a dang thing about what's wrong with yeah. him. He hasn't played any preseason games, and as far as I know, nobody has said anything about what really is wrong with him. Araujo is available, though, right? Araujo has been starting and playing, and, and and he's in the starting lineup for sure. And number seven's in. And Martinez is ready to go. And All right. Is, is ready. So, those, <laughs> so. Are, those are two bright spots. Um, but that's not a full side at all, right? So That's like a 65 it, No Sosa, spot. no Moreno, no Almada, let's say. Mm-hmm. Those are pre- presumably the three starting center midfielders. Um, yeah, I don't know. You think we can beat Kansas City with that lineup? And what about formation? Right. So what it was the formation yeah. if, if everybody's available? What, what is your starting lineup if everybody is available? My starting lineup um, is different. What do, what do I think it'll be? What do, what do I want it to be? What do you want it to be? I Who want cares? It to be, <laughs> <laughs> you know? I want it to be uh, Guzan in the back, uh, Hernandez in the right back, Franco Miles in the center, Gutman on the left, fullback. So you want to play four in the back? Four in the back. And in fairness, so we were critical all last year, dear podcast listener, of Pineda sticking with the five in the back. He said he didn't want to change stuff, blah, 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 blah. Um, the entire, we said he's, this team is built for four in the back. The entire preseason, he's had four in the back. So we, our expectation is that we were right. He was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in front of the four, we've got Sosa is my desired, you know. Yeah, automatic. Guy, automatic. 
Um, and then slightly in front of uh, him, adjusted on one side or the other, you've got Hosetu. Yep. And then uh, attacking center midfielder Amada mm-hmm. coming up the gut. Out on the right is an inverted winger. You got Araujo. Out on the left, you got inverted winger Moreno. If you want to sw- flop them back and forth, I'm cool with that too. Yep. Uh, and then you got Joseph up front. Yep. So the only question, I, I, I agree with that entire starting lineup. The only question is whether um, Jose Tu and, and Sosa are both defensive midfielders or if Sosa is the only defensive midfielder and really um, Tiago, Tiago Amada and Jose Tu are both attacking midfielders. Yeah. I think Sosa has been shown that he can do it. Um, you know, we talked about last year about him being on an island by trying to do it by himself and he can almost do it by himself. He can't do it by himself. But that I don't expect him to do it by himself. If Josetu and Almada are there, they should be helping, but he can still be the only truly defensive guy. Yeah. Now, one of the criticisms of uh, Josetu that I think was fair, and I don't know if it's fair that he can't do it, but he, I thought he was connecting really well with you know some of the, the players around him. Um, but he was making a lot of small passes by connecting with players and, you know, little 10 foot passes, ticky tacky stuff. Do you think he's got the eye for the right critical pass forward to be um, dangerous? Cause I haven't seen that. And I thought that was a fair criticism by some of the comments on online that I was reading. Well, I'm going to say yes. And, and, and um, cause I think he's better than we think he is. I think he really has taken a long time to settle. And um, we only truly saw the beginnings of who he is at the very end of last year. Um, But that being said, on this team, right, if he's constantly just putting balls into Araujo, Moreno, and and Almada's feet, is that a problem? No. No. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, why? what's the problem? He doesn't need to force the issue. But he does. But anybody in that position, when you look up, and if you can slot a Moreno or you can slot an, particularly an Araujo who's got, you know, insane speed, and you can if you can see the space behind the defense. To be honest, I think that, right? that people want him to do this, and that all he's going to do is get in the way of those guys, right? If he yeah. is literally just a Nogby type player, right, and is not really a defensive midfielder, not really attacking midfielder, but a guy who's good at splitting the lines getting the ball from Sosa, being a little, you know, t- you know, give and go, that, that little outlet. Yeah. And his job is to get the ball to Araujo, Moreno, and, and Almada in good spaces. That's golden. That's all yeah. we need from him. Okay. I like it. I'm, I want to disagree, but I've, I've thought a lot about that I think that people are overthinking that, right? They want him to be this and that or whatever. Like, we don't need that role. If if he is truly, you know, an attacking kind of player, if he is Miguel Marone, then there's no spot for him because yeah. if he's Miguel Marone, he takes Almada's spot and Almada shouldn't be playing. But you, you need a defensive midfielder. You need a balance, right? And if you're going to have Almada, Araujo, Moreno, who are going to be attacking a lot anyway um, and who all can score goals, right, why do you need another guy who's doing that? Yeah, I'm with you. All right, so other success metrics. Let's put it on the coach this time. Gonzalo Pineda, what do you expect from him? I just mentioned a star-studded lineup, um, you know, a team that should be competing, to your point, for the supporter shield as the level of success, which means they could win the supporter shield, they could make the MLS Cup playoffs and make a run, they could win the Open Cup, they could 
you know, just look really exciting, right? Yeah. Um, what do you want to see him do differently? He said he couldn't change a lot last year. Okay, well, this is your team's 2022. What do you think he needs to do with this type of talent, whether it's formation, whether it's culture, et cetera, to make them succeed? To be honest, I'm slightly down on Pineda. Um, he didn't show me anything last year that indicated that he really is a special coach. Now, that being said, I haven't, you know, given up on him or anything like that. Um, you know, a whole season. He strikes me as the kind of coach who could be incredibly successful over a year, very consistent, put the guys in the right spot, play the kind of right formation and just put them out there. Um, not be sort of special tactically or special in terms of motivating, right. but just a consistent presence. Um, if he, that's what I'm expecting from him. I'm not expecting him to be terrible. I'm not expecting him to be amazing. Um, I'm expecting him to be solid, maybe slightly above solid. Um, this team is built for that. Um, that being said, um, my worry is because he didn't, deem it right to do it last season. We didn't get it sorted out last season. We've only had a preseason. We've had all of these players not available and whatever. I predict Atlanta United is slow out of the gate. Okay. Well, my my take on Pineda is obviously he is good at um, you know building some culture. I thought it was a good move to bring him down For to, sure. was it Guadalajara? that They did the preseason, yep. got some fresh air, get the team working together. So I think he does a good job of checking the boxes of making a happy locker room. But as any good coach, it's, sure. it's a balance of happy locker room and a little bit of scared and respect for mm-hmm. your coach. I think he lacks the latter two. Sure. And to some degree, I, you know, I, we'll have to give him some rope, right? But how do you inspire and uh, want to motivate someone like Araujo or an Almada that, um, you know, are real young upside players, right? That, you know, how do you make, how do you have that one-on-one connection with players like that, that you could really have an influence on how they progress over the next year or two? Yeah. I mean, I, I expect him um, to be a confidence builder. So it's the kind of guy who could be really good for young players. Um, I think the players will feel confident that they can make a mistake and he's not going to just lose his mind. Um, so that's good, you know. And and honestly, with the talent that we have, I think if he can consistently do that and, and stay the course, I expect us somewhere a third of the season in, maybe a half a season in, to hit a gear that other teams, um, you know, haven't heard of. And if he can keep that going into the playoffs, we could be one of the favorites going into the playoffs. Again, I'm a little bit concerned that we're going to be slow out of the gate um, and how far behind we're going to be. Um, you know, if he can manage somehow in these early games to get results, maybe even a little ugly, yeah. um, then, you know, look out. So do we have the depth to be a playoff contender too? Um, we already talked about the front. Unless we sign this Dupai kid, we certainly do not have the depth up front. Yeah, outside of Martinez. Outside of Martinez, right? We certainly have the depth in the back. Um, The center back, for sure. We have three of the best center backs in the league. 
Um, right back for sure. Hernandez Brooks Lennon is perfectly fine. Left back. You can say, <clears throat> we don't really have much cover for Gutman. Uh, although Mulraney is not horrible. Yeah. Um, and who knows about, I mean, Caleb Wiley is supposed to be great. He's 17 years old. So no expectations there. So that's a weakness left back in the midfield. Um, you would say, you know, yeah, we're pretty, we have Osvaldo as a veteran guy who can do it in the MLS. We have, um, you know, if you Sosa, Jose to Almada, Moreno, Osvaldo, um, and even Sadik and Hyman, there's depth in the middle of the park. Um, what do you think about having Mikey Ambrose and Alex Dijon still on the roster? Are they still on the roster? Am I they wrong? They are still on the roster, and they are real, real depth pieces. Um, I don't think that they, I, you know. I think they signed Mikey Ambrose. He was a great guy to have around. Everybody loved him, but he's not adept. You can't play him. Um, if if Gutman goes down, they're probably going to go first to Caleb Wiley as the backup, or maybe Mulraney, or both. Um, and it would if they went to him as the then it would only be because the, the second guy failed, right? Do you know much about this uh, other? Uh, I think he's a homegrown Bryce Washington. Yeah, I mean, he's a defensive midfielder kind of guy. I see, like the right? next, like hopefully, uh, I think George Campbell hopeful or what? Uh, I think he's a midfielder though, not a back. Oh, he's a midfielder. I'm not sure. Okay, um, but um, I think he's too far away. You don't too expect him. I mean, the guy who's young, who people have some expectations for, um, is Wolf, oh, right? Wolf. Um, yeah. And he's an attacking player. Um, young attacking kind of talent. Um, we obviously have Jackson Conway too, but I think if there's an attacking guy who's going to surprise us during the year, it's probably going to be Wolf, um, who got some time last year, um, has got some talent. Um, you know, Mitchup Chol had some moments last year. Do I think he's ready or whatever to do it at that level? I mean, the thing that is is, you know, when you think of depth, uh, there's two ways to think about it, right? One is the depth as in somebody goes down and they're permanently gone. Do you have a guy who can play, you know, for 10 games or even for the rest of the season, you know, God forbid. The other, that I think we have covered depth-wise. What I worry about more is when the the moments when the Araujo, Moreno, super attacking talents, all those guys f- fail to get it done, either they're losing or we're tied, and who is the guy off the bench who's going to change the game? I'm not sure we have him. Yeah. You know, and, you know, we're talking about Dom Dwyer. You know, he is a guy who could be that. And, but I don't see Dom Dwyer as a change the game kind of guy. I see Dom Dwyer is a throw on for the last seven minutes in a desperation and he'll get you a goal kind of guy. Um, but what I'm looking for is hasn't had one since 2019. <laughs> what I'm looking for is in the 65th minute, 70th minute, the guy who's going to play 30 minutes and change the game for you. Yeah. And who is that for this team? You know, I I'm hoping that's going to be you know Arujo Almada. No, but they're all going to be in the starting lineup. Yeah. Uh, so but the moments that they fail, who who's can, coming off who's, the bench? Who's coming off the bench? I mean, I don't. I expect if they really get it done, we're not going to need it very much. But when yeah. we do, who's the guy who's going to yeah. change the game off the bench? You hope that a guy like Jackson Conway gets a couple of those moments and built, gets a little bit of the engine rolling on that because he seems like he's got the build, right, to do that. Um, but if he doesn't develop into that in the next year or two, right, he, his horizon might be kind of... 
I mean, I think Fluttering. right now you look at the lineup and you think the only guy who has the potential to be that guy is probably Wolf. Okay. And that's a lot of stuff on his shoulders. Now, it could be perfect, right? He's super young, maybe not ready to go 70 minutes all the time, maybe not ready to be the backup for Martinez yet, but maybe he is really ready to change games for 20 minutes or 25 minutes. Yeah. So what is your prediction for the 3 o'clock home opener at Mercedes-Benz no. against Kansas City uh, in a couple days here? Is that three days away? I'm going to go with 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. And why is that? Because I think we will probably have the better of the play. Kansas City is going to be tough to break down. I think with all of the absentees that we have, I don't feel like we're going to be hitting on all cylinders. I think they steal a goal at some point, whether they're up or we're up and they tie us. Um, I'm not sure this team is ready to score two or three goals yet. Okay. I th I think that's a pretty good prediction personally, but I've got to be – Different, right? <laughs> and sure. I'm just going to go with a 2 nothing Atlanta United win. That would it's, be amazing. It, it's a home opener. We've got a good defensive group. If we were playing like Orlando or <laughs> or Miami, even better, like then we'd be, yeah. But here's, here's my logic. We also have Miles Robinson, who's gotten more minutes than a lot of players who might be on the opposition, having just played for the U.S. Men's National sure. Team for qualifiers. His confidence should be good. He's not rusty. He's hopefully kind of the the guy out of the back that just makes our it back line should be strong tomorrow. Right. So that's why I'm hoping zero goals against us is at least one success metric Fair. for Sunday. Um, so zero zero. <laughs> it, it could be. It could be one oh, one God. or zero zero. No, please no. Ugh. But I'm going two nothing. I'd rather lose three because we got than Joseph zero, zero. and Araujo that could really pull some magic out. I don't know who else is going to be in Mulraney. He's at least got some. Araujo is the wild card. If we're going to win tomorrow and score two or three goals Sunday, as uh, uh, I'm getting ahead I of wish, myself. I wish. I wish. <laughs> uh, if we're going to score, this is Wednesday night, dear podcast listeners. But um, if we're going to score two or three goals, Araujo is going to have to play well. I agree. And he might. I mean, he's yeah. that good. Yeah, and I'm so curious how Joseph comes out because, boy, did he not show up in the second half against NYFC in that playoff game. And I do, and, and Araujo did. They were both invisible. They might as well stay in the locker room. I do think it would change if Moreno's in the starting lineup, um, my sure, prediction. I'm, I'm predicting that he's not, and so part of my prediction for us scoring only one goal is that it's going to be yeah. – Basically, Araujo and Martinez on an island, um, and that's yeah. easier to defend. Well, you know, I'm a fanboy. Moreno's my guy. Like, I mean, out if, of the Fab Four, if Moreno shows up in any game, we win. If Moreno and Almada are both on the field, then I think you know it probably changes the prediction. But right now, I think they're not going to be. So, yeah. um, and that's my problem. If if we had our top starting lineup. From day one, if everybody was healthy and everybody was in the game and everybody had been that way for the whole preseason, I would say different story than the expectation should be. We should be great right out of the gate. Um, but we haven't played. Most of the guys haven't played very much in the preseason. I think the preseason is total throwaway. It's total garbage. Who cares? But um, still, you know, you got to have players getting ready. Yeah. What did you think? So... I think Martinez got a red card and uh, somebody else in one of the in Guadalajara in Guadalajara against Chivas. There was two games against the yeah. the Chivas, and both of them there were people ejected kind of towards the end of the game. Right, we got crushed. Um, I 
I just to me that's that's not a, the best sign. If you're gonna, <laughs> you're not like, obviously you just want to come out of preseason with no injuries. Check, we did that. But I didn't think it was a great sign that uh, you're breaking the podcast I table. The table. Well done. Damn it. <laughs> I just fire. fixed that. We're on fire here. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I forgot to put the light in the fire since it's 80 degrees here. Yeah, in, it's, uh, it's too hot for a real fire. Too hot. But okay, so now let's put it, throw it back on you. Okay. Let's predict what position we're going to finish in. And let me, before you say that, I want to remind you of a certain prediction that you made here on the podcast about Leeds United. Leeds United. I haven't forgotten. <laughs> they're they're so, like fifteen. They're like fifteenth, and I know that. So the bet Tot- was Tottenham, a very nice bottle of wine or something like that. Keep me honest. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, I haven't forgotten. I've been watching the table. You now, said that Leeds would finish above Tottenham. Yeah, I did. Has but, anybody looked at the table lately? But the most important thing at this point, even though you will win that bet. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's almost guaranteed you're going to win that bet that my Wolves beat Arsenal tomorrow. Yeah. And Wolves are doing good. Jump up to like fifth or fifth place. Yeah. And stay way ahead of Arsenal and Tottenham. That's the most important thing. So yeah. I can lose that bet and be happy now that my Wolves are. We just won't trust your predictions. Fine. Well, <laughs> I, no, I was pretty disappointed with uh, with Leeds. I tell you we what. We don't like to remind people of their predictions on the podcast. Although you can tweet at us and remind us all the places we Speaking of up. Leeds, uh, how did you feel um, going into the first 10 minutes of the second half against Manchester United in the derby against Leeds? <laughs> that was exciting. Oh, that was I was very game. confident <laughs> the whole time. What are you talking about? I mean, that guy just went to cross the ball and just puts it upper 90. I knew the, we would score four goals. Yeah. I mean, everybody knew that, Mikey Dow. Yeah. what? And uh, what? Uh, your United team tied 1-1 today against Atletico Madrid. Or yeah. is it Madrid? Yeah. Not, no, Atletico uh, something. Not Madrid, right? Was yeah, it Madrid? Atletico Madrid. Okay, maybe. As, yeah, Atletico Madrid. Yeah. Now, I was thinking Real Madrid. Sorry, my yeah, brain. Yeah, there's two Madrids. Yeah. Um, Atletico. Yeah. I, I, how about those kits? I thought those Man U jerseys are pretty sweet today, personally. That d- dark blue with the yellow and the black sh- black it's shorts with the cool. yellow accents. Yeah. They've had that. They had that a long time ago in the eighties. I don't know. Those are it's pretty a throwback sweet. jersey. I, yeah, usually, I, like it. I usually am not a jersey person, but uh, those are pretty nice. Well, what do you think of the green LA United jersey? I, I like them. I think they're pretty fresh. Uh, I, I took a poll on our Twitter account. I think sixty percent of the people thought it was pretty fresh. Ten percent thought it was terrible. Um, I so, might be in the terrible. <laughs> I don't think well, it's so great. They've really grown on me. Okay. Um, Check out some of the You're photos. more the fashion guy, designer. Like well, that. also, you know, they'll go really well blue jeans, right? Okay. Right? Dark blue, and you got the green. It's a good... Is that for real? You can tweet at us, you know, those of you yeah. who want to disagree with... Please like, leave know, some comments fa- in the sense. YouTube comments on whether... It's fresh or not. What do I know? Mikey Dobbs, do we know look at have... This, look at this kid. Do we have a phone number you can call? We do. Um, I posted it on our Twitter. I don't know it <laughs> off the top of my head. I think it's um, something like... You got to go to our Twitter to find out, but you can call us I know now. the first couple digits, it's like uh, <laughs> 470, and then something, it's like 1982, which I picked because I was born in the 80s, or I grew up in the 80s, born in the 70s, and I was like, oh, 1982 is easy to remember the last number. Okay, so. but what's your prediction then? Right. Where are we going to finish? In the table. Um... I think on the East or like overall in the East, in the East, we finished number two. Wow. I like to disagree with you a lot. 
but I had us at number two. Okay. <laughs> I mean, look, I'd love to be optimistic and go with number one. I think it'd be I'm, too much to go with number I'm one. I'm always overly I optimistic. Hope we're, not, we're certainly capable of being number one, but we're certainly capable of being five, too. If well, we're anywhere lower than five, oh, my goodness. Well, it's, it's to your point, I, and I hadn't thought of what success looks like. I, if we're competing for that supporter shield which i almost don't care about right because right, no, no one no one remembers who won the supporter shield right. i want to win the mls cup is like number one goal but you're going to be happy as an atlanta united fan if we're up there competing for the supporter shield the season is going to feel very fruitful if we kind of have that kind of mojo going well if you recall last year one of the things that we criticized pineda for and i think we were absolutely dead on is that we criticized him for not pushing a little harder and we were any one point away yeah. from having that home field against New York City season, FC. He botched it. If we had had New York home field against New York City FC, that's a totally different game. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying we win that game, but I think we are probably an ever so slight favorite in that game. Whereas in up in New York City FC, where they always win, right? We had no chance. Yeah. And so. What I would say is the problem is unless you contend to have sort of home field playoffs throughout, if we do that, we're legitimate MLS Cup, you know, um, winner, um, you know, contender. And if we're not, we're not. And the crazy thing about it is I think Pinedo learned the, long, the wrong lesson in Seattle. Um, you know, they had some crazy years. They didn't get the home field advantage and they still got the MLS Cup and won it. I think that's the he learned the wrong lesson, yeah. right? Because for the most part, the answer has been the opposite. The home team has definitely won an MLS. Yeah. All right. And he's got to keep in mind that some of those years that they won it, and he's like, you just got to get in the playoffs. That was back when they had home and home, and then it really didn't matter. Now it's just a single game, and it's a home field advantage. It's just a totally different ballgame. Yeah. And I think he really learned the wrong lesson. Yeah. It's like uh, the Champions League now where there's no uh – Away goal advantage, right? Right. Silly. That's silly. Anyway, Sunday, Kansas City, the Mercedes-Benz, 3 o'clock kickoff. We might be doing another podcast out of, uh, what, are we thinking about Elliott Street Pub? Right behind the Elliott Street Pub, yeah. So Dave and I might... If you're out there, uh, load up this equipment. and you're grabbing a beer at the Elliott Street Pub and you're listening to the podcast, your podcast listeners, come around back. Even if it's pouring rain out there, yeah. which it might be, uh, we'll be there and we're going to try, no promises, people, to put on a live podcast um, or to record a podcast yeah. in the parking lot. You've contributed to the podcast on a power supply that should at least give us one hour of recording. Okay. I'm hopeful. If it's you get there a, late, we're going to cut you it, off because if we're going to be If you cut join, off. and it's like, <laughs> so there's that. We're going to be on, we're going to be on the road. We're going to be portable this year. That's right. Maybe we'll even take it on the road. We should go to an away game. It'd be great. Oh, anyway. absolutely. We should go to Nashville. <laughs> I mean, oh, we, we should mature this thing and do like a calendar and figure out what we're doing this year, Dave. All right. We're going right. to get organized, dear podcast listener. We'll be coming back at you. Check the Twitter. Yeah. Check the... The YouTube. Ring the bell. At ATL on fire. Uh, ATL on fire. Just Google that. Look for future competitions if you subscribe. If you... Eliana, congratulations again. Amen. Right? Yeah. Um, that's it, right? We talked about it all. We talked about it all. 
All right, people. ATL on Fire Season 4. Thanks for listening. Stay with us. Thanks, Dave.